You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. All right, well, you know, I know that we have listeners from all over, Shannon, and I also know that we don't have people that listen necessarily in order, although we do have people that catch Sexy Marriage Radio, you know, Wednesday morning, right when it goes live, and then they reply, <laughs> you know, immediately, and I love that. Love that. Hearing, hearing from our listeners, because they are the best listeners out there. But, you know, like here in Texas, this week, we got cold coming, and... Yeah. It's like winter. Tomorrow. Yeah, winter. Actually, today. Yeah, Today's it's, coo- it, it's cooler here. Yeah. So the interesting thing is um, we kind of make it, well, I can't say we because Pam's not necessarily on board with this, but I kind of make it, how long can I go before I ter- have to turn on the heater? Oh, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that the answer of how long I can go is until she says that's enough. And then it's yeah. the heater comes on. Yeah, see, that's such a reverse mentality. In my mind, I'm like, how soon can I flip the the switch to the gas fireplace? I actually turned it on last week. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So I wanted that feeling. Uh, I get it. And and I do too. I mean, the warmth of a house and the warmth of, of blankets and stuff. I mean, I love that kind of concept because I love cold for that reason. Because yeah. you get a chance to get into some warm situations with somebody, if you know what I mean. And that's what we're talking about here at Sexy Marriage Radio. I mean, that's, that's what we, that's what every show is about pretty much is how do we make married sex fantastic for everybody that wants it to be. And so if you've got something. I love that caveat. That I love that caveat because not everybody wants it to be. We acknowledge that. But for those who do. That's true. I love that we do this show. That's true. Yeah. It, yep. And yeah. if you have something you want us to talk about, or if you're a part of that caveat, that's like, Hey, I'm good. You know, and you want to let us know, send us something at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes, give us any kind of review, comments, helps us spread the word, help us climb the charts, because we want as many people out there to hear this message, because we believe that marriage can be hot, and not just when you got blankets and the heater on. (laughs) (laughs) And I have so loved all of the feedback that we've gotten from the last couple of episodes. People are really stepping up to the plate and letting their voices be heard. And uh, yeah, I love how 95% of people are like, kudos, hooray, finally, you know, some voices of reason speaking out in a very unreasonable world. Uh, But, you know, we so totally respect the 5% who have a bone to pick with us or an issue that they want to chew on with us. So yeah, no matter what you're thinking, shoot us an email. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, because I'm I'm wide open to feedback, and I've even heard it from some people that have tried to take my advice. I don't think they sent stuff to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. They sent it to my other website with Simple Marriage, and they said, "Hey, I tried your advice, and it didn't work. So I'm pretty much moving on from you." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry that it didn't work." But <laughs> But I'm cool hearing that kind of stuff. I mean, I think that makes us better because don't we, when we're faced with a challenge, when we're faced with good feedback, uh, that's the chance that we have to rise up and to learn something different and to challenge ourselves to be better. Feedback is the breakfast of champions. It reminds me the other day we were out shopping, running some errands, and I said to my husband, just so you know, and I proceeded to give him a little bit of a running commentary on how great he's been in bed lately. But I did throw in a little, you know, little um, 
tidbit for correcting his course just for his future reference because I figured he'd rather know than not know if something <laughs> is working or not working or whatever. And then I looked at him and I said, was that kind of a backhanded compliment? And he said, <laughs> no, it was really kind of a front-handed compliment. <laughs> <laughs> but still, he appreciated the feedback. Yep. And, and I... Yeah, I, I always appreciate it when he does the same for me. Just so you know, that really didn't do that much for me. Or that was totally hot. I love knowing that for right. future reference. Okay, so yeah. how do we get then a message like this to the the person that's listening that is sitting there <laughs> saying, you know, I really wish my spouse would initiate. And every time I bring it up, they it's just blasted you know they they think they're criticized and they're defensive and they're you know they don't hear it at all and it's and it's all of a sudden now it's not this whole constructive criticism or it's not this whole edifying each other through the you know through challenge it's you're berating me you're beating me down you're 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 nagging you're you know whatever so how do we switch that message a little bit because i think that leads to a great show yeah, and I think that the first thing that we need to uh, encourage people to consider is how are you presenting it? You know, the Oreo cookie approach is always wise. You know, tell them something good to begin with, then sneak in a little, just so you know, and then end with another something good. That is far more palatable than criticism out of nowhere. Okay. Because uh, people are certainly going to be defensive of that. Wait, I want to ask you a real quick question. Though. You think that's a male-female thing? I don't want an Do you? I don't want an Oreo. You don't? No. You just wanted to go you just you just I, wanted to slice you and dice you and leave you in pieces? If well for one, if that was actually done on a regular basis, no, I don't want her that to do that. <laughs> uh, but if I am in my own you know, kind of growing into my own skin and being better and being more confident in me. I want just just shoot it straight with me. I don't. I hate the compliment sandwich. That's just, uh, see. I I, I so think I'm just wondering if it's straight. a female. I'm just wondering if it's a female de- male maybe, thing. I don't know. Maybe it is. I think that one can shoot straight, but call attention to the good things because sure. I think that there's always some good. I think that as long as you are sexually active, as long as you're trying, there's something that can be applauded. Uh, some sort of kudo that you could sure. offer. So I just think that it's a more palatable way. I, I get to it. And especially, I would say, especially if it's been tense between you or you've had some chronic things where you you don't handle this kind of stuff. Well, I think that's a great way to segue into things. Yes, I agree with that. But I think as you get further along, and this is probably just knowing your spouse, I would, I tell Pam straight out, just shoot straight. Just tell me. Yeah. You know, I'll, I, th- I think I'll, a man is more bulletproof in that regard. Well, and and I'll be wounded and I'll I'll, you know, I'll be a little toddler maybe in the way I handle it and be defensive right off the bat, but <laughs> but I think I will also hear that and say, "Okay, there's some truth there and I need to own that." You know, and Yeah, to look at what part is true. Yes. What element of this is an element of truth that I need to examine. And that's one of the things that you and I both love to do through counseling, through coaching, through workshops, through simple marriage workshops, through women at the well workshops. We love to help people dig through those negative emotions to figure out what's at the root of my discomfort here. Right. Like, what is this really all about? Because if this was really about my spouse enjoys having sex with me and just wants to enjoy it all the more and wants me to enjoy it all the more, why am I getting so defensive? Why right. is this falling on my ears as a bad thing? And right. a lot of times it is triggering 
something from your past. It is triggering a feeling that you had in your childhood or in your earlier years of marriage or whatever. It's really important to make those connections so that you're not always referring back to that old wound so that you can move on from that and continue to grow. Right. Yeah. Cause it's, it it is a process and, and I would hope people hear that, you know, discomfort is not something to be run from all the time. You know, mm, life is true. Gonna, no life pain, is, no gain. Yeah, life is going to have uncomfortable moments, and marriage is going to have uncomfortable moments and conflict. And and you know what I, you know what nothing I think? wrong. What? I think that this show is going to make some people uncomfortable. Then let's make people uncomfortable because I love it. Let's. The, this the, even the topic. I mean, we've been chewing on the possibility of this topic for over a month. I think it made us uncomfortable because we do live in a day and age where we're supposed to be so politically correct, and we're probably going to step on some people's politically correctness radar. But um, this is a beef that I—I I don't know if I call it a beef, but you know, there for a while we were getting several emails in a row that I noticed a pattern, and sometimes it was the man describing it and sometimes it was the woman describing it. So it's not always a a male female issue. Sometimes it goes both ways, but over and over we kept hearing people say, well, the way that it works in our marriage is that we just have this agreement that one of them is always the initiator Mm -hmm. and the other one is always the responder. Mm -hmm. And you know, the first word that would come into my mind every time I read that, I don't, I don't mean to them, you know, to make it sound like I'm attacking anyone or judging anyone. Cause if it works for you, then we're, you know, if it's not broke, then we're not trying to tell you to fix it. But to me, when I read that, the first word that came into my mind was laziness. Okay. So I thought maybe we should do a show on what are some of our lazy approaches to sex in marriage that may or, I mean, maybe they are working for you, but they may not be. So I think they're at least worth examining. What do you think? (laughs) I mentioned to this off the air that, you know, a laziness, that's, that's, uh, that's one of the, my things I battle. So I'm in, I'm in, let's talk about it. Yeah. See, I found found that so hard to fathom (laughs) because you're just so gung ho with this show, but I, I, my guess is we just totally wear you out and you need a nap. No, 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 no. I don't know if mine's necessarily, maybe laziness. We have different term, different definitions of it. Uh, procrastinator is one of mine that would fit that I will put stuff off. I have to have the, the deadline to really excel and, you know, the, the biggest example is, you know, just recently I went through and did a revamp of a lot of the stuff I've done on the courses that I teach online at Simple Marriage, and I relaunched Married Life 911. And I'm married to a CPA Sweet. so that you know, you know, she wants ducks in a row and spreadsheet, and let's let's plan this whole thing out, and let's get it all the way done, and then you launch it. And I came home one day and said, hey, I sent out an email saying I'm launching in a week and a half. And she was, What? you know, immediately. (laughs) And I'm like, babe, I got to have that or I won't have, I know Ah. me enough that that, that will push me to make it done because people are counting on it then. And so you needed the deadline. So it'll be done. If if I would just let it out there, I would have just, eh, okay, this isn't quite right. Ah, this is no, I haven't done, you know, it's like, no, no, no. Now I just need to get, you know, light a fire and do it. And so I would think marriage and sex specifically presents this opportunity of, okay, is it supposed to just naturally unfold or do you need to have a fire lit? And maybe to have the fire lit means you need to get a little more involved (laughs) in in your life or in your sex. Yeah. To be a little bit more proactive. Right. Yeah. 
one in I think that we do all work better with a deadline. I know that when I'm writing a book or whatever, I just want to know when is, you know, right. when is it due so that I can work backwards from there. But it reminds me, I know that I've mentioned over and over the couple who would take turns initiating. Right. They just felt as if that was a fun way to do it, right. like a tennis match. Right. And that they had a timeline that you need to reciprocate in 72 hours. And, you know, maybe as they grow older, they lengthen that out to every four or five days or whatever. But I liked the notion. Yeah. I liked the notion that neither one of them was left hanging for any length of time without some sort of response happening quickly. Yep. But the whole thing of one person initiates and the other reciprocates all the time. I, yeah, I confess, I, I'm not real literate when it comes to sports. And I honestly thought that in a tennis match, you have to serve in order to score. But Corey, you corrected my notion. <laughs> I right. actually searched it out on Wikipedia this morning because I was thinking, what does Corey know? Well, Corey <laughs> yeah, knows I don't know. I don't know I much. Credit yeah. For. yeah, you're, you're right. You, you can be. But if we were to go with that notion of you can only score if you serve, I do think that there is something to that sexually. There is something marvelous about initiating and having your spouse respond warmly, uh, uh -huh. rolling out the red carpet and saying, yeah, bring it on. And you rob yourself of that if you just have this dynamic of, okay, this is how it's going to be every time. One of us initiates, the other responds. There's no creativity there. Well, I mean, I can't say no. Maybe the person who initiates is so, so creative. But bottom line is it it's half the creativity that there could be if both partners fully engaged mentally and emotionally to think, how can I woo and pursue my mate? Because I, I think... Don't we all love to be wooed and pursued? I, I think fundamental human desire is we want to be ex ex accepted. We want to be, we want that attention. Yeah. So help me understand the psychology between both or the psychology behind both dynamics. What's the psychology behind someone who doesn't want to initiate? They only want to be the pursuee. And what's the psychology behind someone who only wants to be the initiator, but doesn't want to be pursued is there any sort of psychological you know, logic yeah to that? i don't i don't know if there's a psychological logic mine's going to be more of the systemic logic of it okay that, that's the way go the, that direction that's the way the system has un, unfolded and that's what makes sense in the system that yeah i frame this in the whole uh, high desire low desire continuum that one is one of you is going to be one and the other is going to be the other and so there's going to be somebody that is going to be the high desire initiator. And typically their biggest complaint is the low desire doesn't initiate. But oftentimes I think when you have to, you have to define the word initiate because the way, what if the low desire or the person that never initiates actually is initiating and you just don't even know it, you don't see it. Because I think if you, if you talk stereotypically, Shannon, I would say, that if a man really wanted his wife to initiate more to him, that means just stripping and doing right there. It's very, very clear. <laughs> it's very, very clear. That's what she's doing. You know, it's very, very clear. She's initiating because that's what he would do. Most likely he would just, I'm, I'm after you. It's going to be very clear what I want. Whereas, Whereas it may be that she simply shaved this morning in the shower yeah. and made one of his favorite meals. Yep. And that's her initiating. Yep. Or she it's walked a, by and yeah, she walked by and allowed her breast to brush off his shoulder. And there you, know, you go. And it's just kind of this it's playful. And he's all, What was that? You know, and 
he does it doesn't register as hey that's actually initiation so maybe it's there but maybe it still needs to be upped some maybe there needs to be a little more aggressiveness at times maybe there needs to be a little more interest at times so i'm thinking the one on the bantering back and forth sure i I just i don't know i had a client a while back that they captured this perfectly because he obviously he had he had had some discretions outside of the marriage and so there was lots of stuff going on but as we started getting to the root of things he just wanted his wife to display her sexuality you know, he just wanted to be with somebody that wanted sex. You know, that, that was sexual. He, he wanted, he wanted to see her frisky side come well, out. Well, he he wanted to see her interested in it. Yeah, not necessarily frisky in whatever might have been portrayed in porn or media, but just somebody that enjoyed it. That somebody that saw that and saw <laughs> things for herself. Somebody that whatever. And and he was like, I don't care if she initiates it if she brings it up i just want her to be open to it to be receptive to it and it just felt like she was running from it and as we get further into it it was like okay well that would make sense why you run from this because there's a lot of pain involved but it you know so it's just that's the kind of stuff that i think that as a system if you look at it systemically yeah it falls on one person's shoulders to to bear the brunt of a majority of the initiating right getting their energy up to approach and run the risk of rejection. And right. yeah, there's a lot of risk involved. And when you say the word frisky, I don't think of porn star. You know who I think of when I hear the word frisky? Okay. Do you remember Marion Cunningham on happy days? Yes. Yeah, okay. that is totally who I think of. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that was basically a, a modern version of June Cleaver. That okay. she was just a little bit more comfortable in her own skin. Yep. And she pursued with her husband and yep. it was quite, cute yeah yeah <laughs> no I, and, and that's but see that that would fit on just but i think a lot of times if you're talking for men when they're when their complaint is that their wife doesn't initiate or whatever i think what they're also saying is there's lots of times when their their wife isn't even open and receptive to it yeah and they just it's very dutiful and it's very obligatory kind of stuff that you know okay get, I'll, I'll let you have it to get you off my back for at least a little bit uh, yeah and so it's that like makes my stomach kind of do a I, little flip-flop for I that get person, it for be- both of them i get it because it is one of those yeah because that i i would want to frame that as okay if you're fella dude husband whatever if you're willing to accept that what's that say about you if you're willing to accept somebody that just is obligated to have sex with you and they'll all they have to do is be present physically with no mm. engagement what does that say about you and what you accept? Ouch. Yeah. And so, and I'm not, compl- I'm not going to give you a compliment before that criticism. So, um, <laughs> no Oreo cookie approach here, huh? But uh, so <laughs> if, you look, out of Oreos, if you look at it systemically, it's, it's a, it's an issue with both of you. So if one is always yeah, the I- initiator, okay, there's something going on there too. Right. I think that there's a rut to me. It just sounds like if this is the way that it has to be where this is my role and this is your role and never shall it change. It just sounds like a rut to me. It kind of reminds me of the joke when I was a youth pastor for a while in the Lutheran church, there was a joke among that particular denomination of how many Lutherans does it take to change a light bulb? And the answer was change. (laughs) What, 
why change anything? <laughs> you know, we, we always do it this way. Right. There's no need for change. Right. Change is good. Change yep. is, I mean, we're changing all the time. Organically, biologically, there's no stopping change. So why wouldn't we evolve sexually? Why wouldn't we color outside the lines? Why wouldn't we take a walk on the wild side? Why wouldn't we stretch ourselves out of our comfort zone? Why yep. wouldn't we cheer our spouse on as they step outside the comfort zone. Like I remember, um, I, I won't go into gory detail. It, it, ain't nobody got time for that. But, um, I remember uh, a few days ago I said to my husband, you know, I've just been having this unconventional thought and this is what I'd like to, to do to you. Are you okay with that? And he was just like, yeah, as long as you don't hurt me. And so and we tried it and yeah, it didn't, it didn't light either one of our fires, but at least I scratched the itch to satisfy the curiosity of, is this something that, you know, could work for us that would feel good to either one of us? It wasn't. And that's okay. There's permission to fail. I don't, we don't have to succeed <laughs> and rock each other's face off every single time. Right. But I think that he gave me points for creativity. Right. Of at least he knows that I'm thinking of him. I'm fantasizing about different ways to bring him pleasure. I think that he liked that far more than you know, than what actually transpired, but just to change things up every once in a while, strike a new position, uh, cultivate a new fantasy, do something that changes things up. Um, and I'll never forget the time that Greg was the most direct with me in giving me some much needed criticism. And there was no Oreo cookie approach, but the reality is, is I was kind of being critical of him in a rut that we had fallen into about seven years into our marriage. And his response was, well, you know, you're not a load of fun to have sex with laying there on your back all the time either. <laughs> and it was like, ooh, mental note. Yeah. You know, I, I need to, I need to get up. I need to be on top sometimes. I need to to just try a new position now and again. That we we had both fallen yep. into ruts. Yep. So it, it it takes two people to create a rut, don't you think? It well, absolutely, it does. And so that means one of you's got to take the the risk and have the courage to start saying something or doing something different and and trying it out pursuing differently to speak up about hey let's do this or actually you know do it and then see if they say no or you know it's that kind of a mindset of okay that's the only way you change it is one of you has got to realize all right i'm not contributing to this anymore i want to i want to yeah. at least change the game a little bit yeah, go in a new in a new direction. Right, because it it Something is it does turn into laziness if you just continue to fall back on do what worked last time. Yeah, I remember one woman in a Women at the Well workshop recently. She actually asked the question, like, "What all different positions can a couple do it in?" And and she was an older woman, so we were kind of surprised by the question. It's like, "What do you mean?" Like, I mean, surely you know that you know there's doggy style and there's cowgirl and there's you know, all these common positions. And she was just like. Nope. The only position I've ever been in is, yep. you know, missionary position basically. Yep. And somebody was like, Oh girl, you need to read the Kama Sutra. You know, like there's a whole world waiting right. for you. And right. she was very titillated by the notion of if she learned something new, if she changed her position, her husband's position would change too. And then would this be a whole new territory that mm -hmm. they haven't discovered together yet? Absolutely. And she was excited to go home to her husband. I bet her husband was excited to well, have her home. And plus, just the fact of branching out and leaning into that anxiety creates that novelty, which enhances the experience. Yes. I mean, that's yes. it. That's there's all that is. There's the psychological dynamic. Yep, that's it. It's when you can muster 
the trust in your partner that to communicate to them, I'm going to do something out of my norm. Yep. I'm going to do something uncon unconventional and I'm going to trust that you're a safe partner for me to experiment with this yep. with. And that starts yep. with trust in yourself that I can handle this. I can put it out there. And if they're not into it or open with it, okay, I can still put it out there. And thus I have shifted things slightly Yep. to change it up because we have, I mean, here, this is, this is the one that keeps coming to my mind, the statement we have sex up to the, up to the level we're able to tolerate. Hmm. In general, you know, we yeah. have sex up to the level of anxiety or whatever we can tolerate. And then we, okay. you know, so that's why when you change it up, when you, when you brought up to Greg, Hey, I'd like to do whatever it is. And I'm curious now, but I really am not going to ask. Um, yeah, you don't want to know <laughs> then, then, you know, Hey, I, I'm sure there was kind of this whole, Whoa, I don't know. You know, and, uh, you know, and you've probably had wrestled with it for a while before you even brought it up. Yeah. And so that's kind of that mustering the courage to right. to to try something different because it is anxiety provoking therefore it's uncomfortable a little bit but that's also what creates the possibility of something extremely erotic and novel and full of energy and yeah unusual yeah um and i think that it was the anticipation of what was to come because i'd actually told him a couple of days in advance ah, there you and, go those were a couple of pretty giddy days for mm -hmm. us that even though the activity itself kind of flatlined, both <laughs> of us were like, eh, yeah, not so if much. we never do that again, that's okay. Right. Uh, but the anticipation of it, the giddiness of it was so worth it. it sure. We had more fun just anticipating that foreplay act than actually doing it. Sure. So it, it yeah, it, it's not about results. Sometimes it's about sim simply the energy that it creates. Right. And that's where, Anytime you can confront laziness in your own sexuality, in your own sex life, you enhance your life. You enhance your marriage. And I think that your spouse hears that you're worth my energies. Yeah. You're worth my creativity. You're worth my, my mental novelty, for lack of a better expression. You're worth me fantasizing about. Right. And I'm not going to assume that I have totally figured you out. Yes. That's what I love is that after 25 years of marriage, we still haven't totally figured each other out. I mean, sure, we know the basics, <laughs> right. but there is always new levels to discover about each other. And I love it when one of us discovers something that we didn't even know about ourselves. Right. When you're like, hey, whoa, whatever you're doing right now, I've never felt anything like that before. Keep going back to that. <laughs> right. I just give you part blanche. Do that right. anytime you want to me. That's when you're like, whoo-hoo, Christopher Columbus, we just discovered new territory. Yep. Yep. It's fun. And that's what that's yeah. what creates lifelong energy is is the yes. willingness to to venture out into uncharted waters and to see what you find and also still have that separateness together of I'm my own person and I'm willing and capable to speak up and say things and try things. And I know I'm with somebody that'll do the same. Yeah. To ask for what I want, but also offer what I would like to offer and be open and receptive to ideas that they may bring to the table. Yep. It's all about creativity. It's all about energy. It's all about not letting laziness drag you into a rut because I don't think that anybody wants to live the rest of their married days stuck in the same old rut. Now, if it's working for you, we're not 
not being critical. <laughs> We're just challenging you yeah. that you may want to think outside the box and imagine all the things that you could be enjoying together yeah. if you got a little bit creative. Yeah, just and and there's other shows we've taught we've done that would help spark some creativity. Maybe there's mm -hmm. resources that are out there that'll spark some creativity. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, and if, if people are wondering about different positions, my book, The Sexually Confident Wife, goes into great detail about 10 different positions that are out of the norm, yep. unconventional, but wow, do they light up a marriage bed. Absolutely. So more power to you, and, girlfriend. All right, yeah. and, and I have to say that I'm uh, getting ready to release a new product entitled Sex Like You're on Vacation. Oh, I love it. And now when you say product, what is it? Is it, it a book? Is it a workshop? Is it, it a It'll be a course. Way? It'll be an e-course. So it'll be an at your own pace online. So you can be completely anonymous course to mm -hmm. work through how to bring vacation sex home to stay, <laughs> to, to move into your house and, and last forever. And one of the things that's kind of a bonus is a, uh, oh, I think it's probably 200 plus tips to spicing up sex. Ooh, 200. That must have taken you a long time to come up with all those. But with your work with so many couples, though, well, it probably it's, did. it's not all mine. It's just also, it's a collaboration of a bunch of things. You know, there's a whole, there's a whole wealth of information out there. And it's just, there is. you go and compile it all and it's a, it's gold. <laughs> so, yeah. And even if you just read through it and only three or four stick in your mind, hey, you've got three or four absolutely. new tools in your intimacy tool belt. And that's the point is it's just to get people thinking differently because mm -hmm. Anytime you can confront that, you, you change the laziness, you change the rut and you, and you all of a sudden have added a new spark to that aspect of your life. And it's not just to your sex life. It's also to your life because think about that. You, you referenced it between you and Greg, that a couple of days where you both were kind of giddy. I would imagine other areas of your life you had a little more energy too during that. Mm -hmm. So th that's where it, it spills off and, and enhances and en encourages each of us in other areas it's not just what we do in the bedroom or maybe spicing it up and getting out of the rut for you is get out of the bedroom and have sex so. there you go <laughs> that dining table that never gets eaten at except thanksgiving and easter sometimes it's good for that too <laughs> absolutely <laughs> give well, thanks for uh for a variety of different positions and rooms in the house that that you can enjoy perfect and that's a great way to end this one so there you go hey i'm grateful for our listeners and i'm grateful for you shannon for uh for this you show you too Corey. we are two peas in a pod i think that we may have been twins separated at uh, birth I i'm almost scared to think about that one um <laughs> this has been sexy marriage radio thanks for joining us and i hope that your holiday season is filled with warmth and passion and lots of energy see yeah you. we are so grateful for you guys see you next time Bye-bye.